Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we talk Defenders Talk. Your feedback, your thoughts, our voices. Yeah, all that. All your feedback after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Welcome, Jeffrey Randall. Don't say my whole name. I don't like it. <laughs> I revealed to the world that it's the short no. from Jeffrey. <laughs> well, man, we have been talking about Defenders all week, and we are ready to talk about it more. But this time, you guys' perspective. So we let's just talk dive talk. right in. Dive right into some Defenders feedback. How about it? Sure. Wobbly Boots 85. Sorry. At Wobbly Boots 85. These are organized by episode, by the way, so we should be pretty much going straight down how everybody talked about the whole series. So let's, let's wait before I go any farther. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're going to spoil the heck out of this spoiler thing. Spoiler alert. Honestly, Defenders happened. You're going to spoil the heck out of this thing. How dare audience? you? Audience? No, I'm talking about the audience. Yeah, no. I'm saying, like, how dare they? Oh, how dare they? It's so rude to just spoil everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wally Boots 85 said to us on Twitter, Adam Seacast with hashtag Defenders out, I can reassure my reassurance that hashtag Daredevil, two L's, is the best Defender bar none. Hmm. Do I agree with that fully? Yes, I do. <laughs> I knew the answer before you even said it. Before I knew, before I knew the answer, honestly, because I was like, I mean, I like Jessica a lot. Jessica's up there, and Luke's up there. Someone's significantly absent from that list. Uh, let's see. Ouch. <laughs> no, Ouch. Uh, I really, yeah, I think Daredevil is just the deepest character. You know, I mean, he's had. He's had more time. That's He's had more time. Absolutely true. But I think from the very first, I think the very first scene of Daredevil within the confessional booth yeah. made him a deeper character than the rest of them. <laughs> like, just that scene existing and then this series existing, I still probably would have been like, yeah, Daredevil's the one that I care most about, you know? <laughs> like, I, I just, I just, I don't know, just connect with Even him. Even with that full season of Jessica and Kilgrave, all the emotional pain that she's gone through. Yeah, even with that, I, even with that, I, I mean, I love her. I really do. I think she's great. But I still, uh, I don't know. I connect with Daredevil more. Okay. Uh, and you know, maybe maybe that's just me. All right, all right. That's I'm okay. I can't pick a favorite because it's like trying to pick my favorite child, and you can't do that. You're not allowed to. <laughs> you're like by law. And you're like I. Uh, I just. Now that I'm uh, taking care of some children, I just recently realized you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Gets you in some real trouble. <laughs> and I'm not going to say who, because they might listen. So Sierra H. said to us on our blog, uh, I loved how in the first episode, the lighting of the scene reflected the colors of the specific defenders. Red for Daredevil, green for Iron Fist, purple for Jessica Jones, and yellow for Luke Cage. My dad and I had so much fun trying to identify which defender we were following by the lighting before we saw the defender. I thought this was super fun that they did this. Yep. Uh, I would say, a lot of people are saying purple for Jessica Jones. I would say it was blue. I think that it's it's more of a purple tint on I blue. I totally disagree. There's no purple in this blue. It's I wanna, blue. I want to say. giving her purple is super rude. Because. Do not give her purple. Because of how affected by Kilgrave she still is. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't agree. I, I mean, like, just looking at the footage, it's blue. People, I think people said purple because they're so used to seeing her in purple, but it's blue. Anyway, uh, that's not here or there. I thought this was a lot, a lot of fun. The only time it kind of got a little overbearing for me was the time that uh, I think it was Jessica runs into that room. Yeah, and then it's red, and I was like, "Well, Daredevil, where's Daredevil? <laughs> that's the wrong color for this to be her scene, right? Daredevil's going to show up here real quick, and then he did, and then he did. <laughs> so." I uh, I got it got to the point at the end where they were in the uh, the tunnel, like with the dragon. Yeah, <clears throat> where like Danny was kind of lit up green, but nobody else was, and I was like, "Why is that happening? Like, is something reflecting off of <laughs> just him?" I actually kind of stopped noticing it after a while, which is good. I, I'm glad I wasn't like the they whole blended time. You, yeah, they just kind of stirred the pot until you couldn't see it anymore. Yeah, but at some point I was like super noticing it, almost to the point of distraction. Yeah, but I but it, I don't think it ever crossed the line. I liked it a lot. I found it to be a fun game. 
Um, <laughs> Ashley said to us, man, I thought the opening of Defenders was great and immediately knew that or, that was Elektra in the first scene. I thought Danny Rand made up for... Oh, made up for the sounds coming out of his mouth with a much better display of fighting. I, get- I agree with that. He did. He he was a. The fight scenes in this were much better than an Iron Fist. Yeah, well, they weren't rushed. Exactly, and that's important when you're doing a martial arts show. Yeah, so yeah. so having, good on them. Good, good having on the time to choreograph properly is uh, is pretty important for sure. Yeah, uh, she continues saying, "I get why he would be upset. You know, the nightmares and." Uh, he's so young compared to everyone. Besides last season and a dragon, he's not had to face the same thing the other characters had to. Man Crush Friday, Matt Murdock. I miss yeah. Daredevil so much. I love that this really does feel like a season of Daredevil, though when each H-word gets their scenes, it feels like their own show. I am hoping that when they're all together, I didn't watch five hours of Defenders last night, they keep the darker Daredevil tone of the show. Love the opening. Can't wait to keep talking about these amazing episodes. Yeah. I I agree completely. All shows should feel like Daredevil shows. <laughs> even That's if what she not, said, right? Yeah, even if they're not Marvel. Yeah, just, just it should feel Everything like Everything needs to be dark and Daredevil-ish. I don't uh, know. I don't even think of Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil definitely has these dark, dark moments, but I don't even think of Daredevil as that much darker. Like, I really... He's... he's, the, he's there's a sense of hope about him that... I don't know. Maybe it's just in the way he that uh, that Charlie Cox plays him that I just never feel depressed watching Daredevil. You know? Yeah. Even if bad things are going on, I just like I know he's going to make the right decisions, and that just that's great. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not dark in the way that like The Walking Dead is because The Walking Dead just punches you emotionally and never apologizes and then never gets better. Yeah. Like you never heal those wounds. You just deal with it later. Maybe. Yeah, and and you can't always trust your ca- your your characters to that they're even going to do the right thing. Although with Electra around, you can't not necessarily trust uh, Matt Murdock either. <laughs> yeah, well, he with Electra around, you can't trust Matt to do the right thing, but you can trust that Matt won't do the right thing when Electra's around. Right, like he's consistent in that he's going to do the right thing until Electra shows up, and then he's going to probably make bad decisions. Yeah, so for like, sure. He's still predictable. <laughs> yeah, there's a nice safety in that, I guess. <laughs> it's like, we can trust Matt to do the wrong thing when Electra's around. So, you know, when she shows up, don't trust him. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, No spoilers, just wanted to say that it's really enhancing my Defender's experience listening to your podcasts. Your comments are, as always, right on target. Awesome. We're like bullseye. Daredevil reference. So Ashley boom. said to us, <laughs> Daredevil reference. Boom. No, it's not. Gross. Thanks, Jeffrey James. I appreciate the comment, Jeffrey James. I don't appreciate Matt talking about Daredevil. What? The movie Daredevil. I wasn't. I was talking Daredevil. about the comic book Daredevil. Thank you. Uh huh. I mean, I don't know the comics. But yeah, you've never read it. You don't know. I just was referencing a Daredevil villain. Gah. I thought I was being cute. Well, don't. Just admit that I'm cute, Jeff. Okay, it might have been a little bit cute. <laughs> so Ashley said to us, Hogarth came to Foggy because Marcy, I think that was her name, got him one foot in the door and he was officially hired in the last episodes of Daredevil Season 2. Uh, she even asked him about how he would feel about making partner one day. I think this is a response to me not remembering that. Yep. Uh, and Jeff Jeff did remember that. Uh, yeah, so thanks. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for letting me know that I remembered that, because I didn't remember remembering that. I, I think like, you were like, yeah, I think that his girlfriend... I think she was a little more clear on the details, that's for sure. Yeah. Than either of us were. Yeah. We, it's probably that I didn't watch um, Daredevil Season 2 leading up to this. And yeah, I kept meaning to, because I really wanted to refresh myself, but it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Uh, Jeffrey James said to his own Facebook, Defenders, non-spoiler. Loved the chemistry between the team members and the various Easter eggs, but the plot was more akin to Iron Fist than to Jessica Jones. Hmm. I can agree to that. It was less, uh, it was less like super mystery and sure, kind of you know find Although, out where these people are and more like the overall mystical. plot was definitely that way. But they did a really good job of making the beginning when she's by herself feel like a Jessica Jones story. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
the the whole architect's plotline feels like a Jesse Jones plotline, and that and I think that that's kind of cool and important that they yeah, that they, they were able to pull that off. They gave everybody their own unique, not just their own unique like path to follow to get to this place, but a, their own unique way to go along that path. Like each path was a story for that hero, absolutely in the way that that hero had been you know told before, and it's. It's just, it was really great writing <laughs> that made that happen. Yeah, it was honestly, it really was impressive. Um, it was impressive writing that they were able to mimic each style so well. And they did obviously just paid a lot of attention to that. And I, I appreciated it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see next up. Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, Danny shouldn't feel guilty for living, leaving Kun Lun. Uh, yes, the monks saved his life, but they also put him through rigorous training as a child, never having time to process his grief or being able to leave the mystical city for home. Oath or not, he has a right to figure out where he belongs in this world. I agree. I don't know, it's the last phrase, oath or not. Like, don't take the oath! We talked about this on our last episode. We did, we did. This is the <laughs> comment that I was getting at last episode. Like, that's the point of an oath! You know, it's like oath or not, you have your right to find your place in the world. I agree, you have your right to find your place in the world, and maybe he was dumb to take the oath. But either way, like one of those things is wrong. Like <laughs> either he should have decided earlier that he was. If if only one person can have this power to defend Gun Lun, he shouldn't have taken the power and taken the oath if he was going to leave. <laughs> well, he might not have known that he was going to leave. Well, I don't think he did, and I just. But once you're an adult and you take an oath to do something, you can't just leave. You, like oath or not, that's you can't kind just of a, leave. That's. A, I mean, it's like it's the same thing as like whatever, like any oath you take or any like uh, whatever. It's just what, what does an oath mean if it doesn't mean you're not going to break it? <laughs> okay, that's all I'm saying. I understand. But I hear, I hear you, Sherman. I think, like, I just think they could have done a better job of, like, making a case for that. Because I don't think they have. They just made Danny seem impetuous instead of making him seem, conflicted. like, conflicted. Yeah, he just, say, like, defends his position as the guy who left. and the uh, or, or all his friends defend, which is even worse. Like, he feels bad about it. But everyone on the show is like, no, Danny, you're perfect. <laughs> you left Kunlun because they mistreated you. And blah, like uh, Claire and Colleen are so in support of him having left. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's more like the universe of the show. Claire is our like moral barometer on this show. If Claire is saying something, it is what the writers believe. <laughs> like I feel that way anyway. I think Claire is like almost always on the right side, and all the characters feel that way about Claire. Yeah. And so when she's saying something is right or wrong, that's not Danny Danny's feelings or Claire's feelings. That's like the show saying that. Right. And the <laughs> fact that Claire and Colleen are so supportive of Iron Fist through the through, through season one, this is not Defenders Talk. We're talking I'm talking about Iron Fist season one. It shows that like they feel that she's right. If if they, if the show had been a little more conflicted, like if Colleen was like Maybe you should have taken that oath. Like or, or like there's a little bit of like just I just feel like he could have taken true friends stand up to you when you're wrong. Right. They support you and they want to be there for you and they want to help you make the right decision to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But they support they also tell you when you're wrong and you got your head up your ass. Right. And like I just think that Danny So you're saying Danny doesn't have any true friends. Well, I just think the show writer it's it's all it's all meta talk because I think the show writers the the showrunners didn't do a good job of making us feel that confliction. They just wanted us to feel like he was fine to leave Kunlun and I don't think they made that case properly. Okay. For me, he took an oath. He like pridefully pursued a power and then greedily took that power and left. That's super villain shit. <laughs> you know? Like, he took the power that is the sacred power to defend Kunlun and is just going off to do whatever he wants with it. Like, that's not superheroes, like, behavior. That yeah. is super villain behavior. 
I've never realized it, but now I'm realizing it, and it's not okay. I described it, and now I'm fully realizing. Like I'm watching you talk this through, and this is the funniest thing. Danny Rand is a super villain. That's the problem. He's like an evil Batman. He's, he's a super villain without being a super villain. And yeah, no, like sure, he's he's not actually wanting to hurt people. He's not a mustache twirling supervillain, but he's a guy. He just he did the supervillain thing as far as Kunlun is concerned, right? And then and and then tries to be a hero. Whatever his friend's name is from Kunlun, what's his name? Davos. Davos is the hero of the story. <laughs> And he has to kill. I, the I want that Steel Serpent series now. Uh, he has to kill Danny and take his power to defend Kunlun. <laughs> like I'm excited for season two because I think Davos is going to be a far more compelling character than maybe they mean him to be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook: "Defenders episode one. Obviously, whoever called Jessica doesn't know her." If he would have kept his mouth shut, she wouldn't have taken the case. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Like, as soon as that happened, I thought it was someone who did know her and wanted her to take the case. That's how on the nose that was. Yeah. When it was like, oh, now she's going to take the case because she was threatened not to. It, she's it like, felt, I'll show you. It felt like maybe someone who wanted to take her, her to take the case. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, like, please, oh, God, save me. But it turned out it wasn't. It was the architect himself actually wanting her to back off. Well, he's also an idiot. Yeah, because uh, he did not know her. So that's you are correct, <laughs> Sherman, in that he he did not know her. <laughs> uh, Sherman continues on the next one. Uh, Defenders episode two. Sigourney's character must be really old. She talks about classical music like she personally knew the person. Yeah, she does. Yep. This is episode two, so we we go on. <laughs> we know to find at this out. point. <laughs> Yeah, yes, she does. Yep, yep. Uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin said to us on Facebook, Defenders Episode 3, final scene, spoiler-ish, dope as fuck! Exclamation marks down the page. I really appreciate your comment, Matthew Ryan Cronin, and I know you're saying the word fuck, but please don't put that many Ks in a row. It really, (laughs) given the uh, current political climate, it gives everything a little Uh, bit of a... It just makes me feel weird to see that many Ks in a row. Moving on. <laughs> but that's the fight scene at the end of episode three is is very dope. You you're correct. Let's put let's put a lot of use it. in it or something, you know? <laughs> no boys, not you know? You know, I'm just saying. It just sounds like a machine many, gun at that point. That many capital K's. <laughs> any, 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 more, any more than two two and you're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, when they show strikeouts at baseball games, they have to turn the third one backwards. Oh, do they really? For that reason? Yeah. Interesting. I feel like I feel like at this point, they could just change what they use for strikeouts. No. There's so many letters to choose from. How about an S? <laughs> no, you know that strikeout is, or well, baseball is uh, older than racism. Well, yeah, but they can, like... It's not, Matt. Come on. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't listen to you. I was just like going to wow. go on to my next point. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Matt. So Yoda Hugh said to us on Twitter at MCU Cast hashtag Marvels the Defenders episode one two plus three spoilers OMG all caps slow start but what a meeting of all four great show so far still don't like Danny. <laughs> with you, Yoda Hugh. With you, <laughs> Sherman Smith said. Uh, Defenders episode three. The ending of this episode is the best thing I've seen or ever seen on TV. It reminds me of the first time I saw the Chitauri battle in the Avengers. Ooh, it kind of did feel like that. It I mean, felt, it is. It felt like it felt a lot like OG Avengers, you know, team up fight. Right. Well, it's it's, it's, the good it's that same moment for the Defenders. The first time we really see them fighting together. Yeah, and that's. Um, the the Danny versus Luke Cage in the street clash was like um, Thor, Iron Man, and Cap in the woods. Oh yeah, exactly. It totally was exactly like that. It totally was. I, I <laughs> Are we that. done here? And 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 then you also had the similar to that 
using not their fists, but using their intellect, you had the scene of Jessica and Matt kind of playing cat and mouse in the streets. Yeah. yeah. And that, and then like kind of playing their investigation game around each other. That was fun. <laughs> uh, Yoda Hugh also said on Twitter, at MCU cast, hashtag Marvel Defenders episode four, possible spoilers, da, 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 da. I now really want some Chinese food. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I, Yoda Hugh, want Chinese food. <laughs> spoiler alert, I am hungry. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. You can post whatever kind of food you want anytime, Yoda Hugh, <laughs> with no spoiler alert, and I won't be offended. Don't don't tell me spoilers if you just want some Indian food, okay? <laughs> you just go get some Indian food, brother. <laughs> I believe in you. You know, you get your curry on when you gotta get your curry on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Keep calm and curry on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I need that on a shirt. I need that on a shirt so bad. It's pretty good. Oh, I've never known Keep such calm. need. Keep calm and curry on with just like a bowl of curry on the shirt. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, and then like our logo in the background. <laughs> yeah, because we're clearly the only ones who have ever ever said that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook Defenders episode 5 I was really hoping Luke would have taken Danny's side I think Danny is right Ooh, somebody agrees with Danny Oh, I think he's This is the, this is the episode where uh... Oh yeah, there's tons of restaurants That apparently use Keep Calm and Curry on as God, a... you googled it I did, I had to Yeah, why'd you I have to I had to see to if our shirt it? was going to happen or not <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, so yes uh, Sherman agrees with Danny that Dan. I guess this is the episode where they trap Danny, they capture Danny, or they try. They're telling Danny that he's wrong and has to stay out of the fight. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because is he wrong? I think Danny. I mean, I have the, I have the benefit of hindsight now because I've seen episode eight. But I mean, in the end, Danny was wrong. <laughs> well. Kinda, yeah. He went down there and opened the portal. Yeah. Or whatever the thing was that was defending. He opened the door. He opened the door. He opened the door. And that's his fault. Well, that was his fault in the moment. What was his fault for going down there at all? They were right. If he just kept them back. No, he got captured. That's true. He got kidnapped by Electra. That's true. That's fair. And it, but it was still his fault in the moment. It was but still yeah. his fault in the moment. You should have never never brought out that yellow glowing fist, bro. <laughs> Keep that fist to yourself. Danny, don't light it up. Don't light it up. I don't think that's that's not a song. That's not a song. All right. So Sherman Smith said, uh, "Defenders <laughs> episode five. Oh snap! Electronachios <laughs> is bad AF." <laughs> I don't know why your your voice for Sherman in that kid. Oh, stop! <laughs> That's good. Um, That's yeah, the voice I do. Electronachios is bad AF. It's true. It's true. There are words that are spoken that are true, and those are them. It's always interesting when a character is already so bad, like Alexandra, and then you get the character that's cunning enough and evil enough to kill that character. Yeah. It's like they absorb the... It was like Electra, and that's what's... It's like Highlander. Yeah, it is. They it just is. take on their evilness. They take on their evilness, and it's... it's it, from, from now on, we're going to see Electra as the one who killed the leader of the Hand in such a brutal and, like, unassuming way, you know? Was Alexander the thumb? <laughs> I think she was. Because they were the five fingers. She was yeah, the. She had to be the thumb. She was the more powerful one. Either the thumb or the middle finger. Yeah, <laughs> you know, either one. I'm not sure who's the boss in that situation. <laughs> well, I mean, the thumb is what you know makes us, you know, above animals, right? We we call our opposable thumbs sure, like sure. the reason that we're better. But the middle finger is such a such strong gesture. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of what they did to yeah. Kun Lun, right? Yeah, absolutely. they were just like, no, we're out. Middle finger. Middle finger. Well, sometimes middle finger's accompanied by the thumb, too. So, Gao was the middle finger or the thumb. I feel like I feel like depending on I feel like we fully mined was. this for comedy. I okay. don't think there's anything else. <laughs> I think uh, Sawande Sawan was definitely the pinky. <laughs> Sawande. He did go quickly. <laughs> you know... Like, we will not go quietly into that. Oh, well, Sawande will. Sawande will go did. quietly into that good night. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was all like, you cut off a finger, you can still use your hand. Like, clearly he was the pinky, the least useful finger. He got captured by Luke by himself. 
Yeah, it's true. Uh, like one of the five fingers of the hand got captured by just Luke. Yep. And he ha- like we don't even they do it off screen too. Yeah, they don't even have to worry about like they don't like, even, they don't even give us the benefit of like here's how Luke did it. I was like shows up with him, which was a great scene. Yeah, but it it did it did give me a lot of well a lot more love for Luke. I already had a bunch of love for Luke. Anyway, I I've gone too deep into this. I have to get out. The Fej says to us on Twitter, hashtag Defenders, season one, episode five. Gal has superpowers? Yeah, she, she she does. She's used them before. Yeah, she used the telekinetic thing, like the, the force push that she has. Yeah. She used that in Iron Fist, and I'm assuming she used that in Daredevil season one because she sent Daredevil flying back. But it looked like it looked she, she just punched him. She, yeah, it looked like she just like open palmed him. But away. But, but we assumed at the time that she must have some sort of powers because yeah, we figured she had some sort of super strength because she like open palmed like hit his chest and knocked him away. Yeah. But I'm guessing now that it was just the telekinesis. The, yeah. The force which push. is I guess you her using her chi somehow. Yeah. Um, and as Jessica would say, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. It's my chi. And it's she just not. says, it's not. <laughs> I like that every time Danny talks mystical Luke's just like, come on, man. Like, come do we, on. Do we have to talk about this right now? Like, come on. Do you know how crazy you sound? Let's see. Ashley said to us, Defenders Episode 5. I think Trish saw that guy manhandling Jessica. And for once was smart enough to be like, OMG, that guy did that to her. He could crush me. It looked like she was getting ready to, but then Daredevil showed up. You're right. Yeah. That was when they were gathering everybody to put them into the precinct. Yeah, I really wanted... uh, I really wanted her to jump in and fight a little bit. Yeah, get some Hellcat action. Get some Hellcat action. Don't just be the damsel. Right? I was at the... uh, I went to the DIY musician conference this week and I heard a band, I heard a band. I didn't hear the band, so I don't know what they sound like and I haven't looked it up. So, but they were called damsel and distress. <laughs> that was a good, that's a good band name. Yeah, that is a good one. Damsel and distress. There, uh, there was, <laughs> let's see, the third album from the matches, uh, is called a band in hope. But abandon you, hope yeah. abandon hope yeah but if you just say it it's abandoned hope and i was just like huh that's that's kind of clever yeah it's nice yeah i like it when uh when there's i need to get a clever clever thing for my album well, what everybody what should i call my album <laughs> keep calm and curry on <laughs> curry on my wayward son <laughs> just for some reason all of my uh everything is everything based. like everything's like no everything's specifically curry based and yeah like, okay oh is he like uh, is he like Eastern? You know, is he like Indian or Thai? And no, nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> just does he just really like Indian food? <laughs> eh, not really. <laughs> Could live without it. <laughs> <laughs> he just names everything curry because he just likes the pun. Really likes that pun. <laughs> curry on my wayward son. That's my favorite. <laughs> that is now my favorite. Uh, let's see. The Fez says. Hashtag Defenders, Season 1, Episode 5. Stick cutting guy's head off was sweet. Can't wait to see the last three episodes and if they can turn Electra to good. At MCU cast. Um, Do you feel... That spoiler they, alert, they didn't. Yeah, I guess they didn't turn Electra good. I mean, they... Could they, though? I don't know. I don't know what they're... I don't know what... Like, I, I wanted that to be more romantic in the end. Oh, that final fight? Yeah. Like I, I understand it's it's like the it kind of was, I don't know it, it was in, anybody in, else in there, their I, own way. I felt like they wanted me to feel so like something strong for that mo- in that moment, and I and I and it was kind of beautiful them fighting till their last moments in this cave. Like I don't know, I didn't, I I, I didn't feel what I wanted to feel. Well, you remember in the in the flashbacks of whenever they were first intimate, that started in a boxing ring where they right. were like showing off their Muay Thai and and whatever else skills they had to each other. Oh yeah, they were. So <laughs> so like it's kind of reminiscent of that. Like when they were first together, 
they were fighting, and then now at the end, together, they're fighting. Right. So it's, you know, it just books in, bookends their relationship. Sure, That's and, and I, I don't think she's dead. Nah. If Matthew's alive, and she was the black sky, and there was substance down there, there's just so many reasons she's probably not dead either. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it was kind of a beautiful scene. I just, I kind of, I thought they could have, like, pushed the emotion in that scene a little more and made me, like, really feel for, like, the... Like, maybe he's trying to stop her from fighting, but she keeps fighting him. And then she's, like, wanting him to fight, like, but he's not because he loves her. Like, he's trying to break her of the whatever. But they just were both punching each other a lot and kind of looking like they were making out, sort of. Like, they, they never actually kissed, right? They just, like... No, they did. They did? They did. I'm, 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 I'm having... I watched it a week ago. It's been a while. <laughs> um, I, need to, I need to, like, rewatch this episode. I mean, there's not much to it. Or not much to the series, you know. It's not like rewatching the whole thirteen. Yeah, no, that's true. I loved, I loved this eight episode run. Um, I don't really want them to make them shorter. I like them long, but I also, for for our purposes, doing the show and everything, I'd really enjoyed doing eight. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it never got tiring. That's true. A lot of times in the thirteen, around the middle, we get like, oh gosh, can we make it? I don't know if we're going to make it, and we didn't even make it this time. We had to skip two days and before we got episode eight out. But well, you know, that was a. Uh, it was me wanting to do it right because we had so much to talk about. Yeah, we talked about doing a call-in episode, but those never sound very good. So. Yeah. Plus, I mean, we wanted to talk about all the future stuff and all that. Anyway, uh, let's see. Next up, Randy said to us on Twitter at MCUcast, I'm halfway into episode six, and it feels like we're heading into Shadowland. Hashtag Defenders. I never felt that way. I don't know what Shadowland is. Shadowland is a more recent Daredevil story within the past uh, within the past decade. I think it was like 2013. Um, okay. Basically, Daredevil was possessed by the Beast, who is the Beast of the Hand, um, and led the Hand from a massive castle in Hell's Kitchen. And his goal was to like lead the Hand for good, like to the forces of good. Right. Kind of like how uh, Ollie went to um, the League of Assassins in Arrow. He was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll steer him away from the bad thing. Okay. So that was his goal. Um, and he was leading the hand, but he was getting crazier and crazier, um, progressively worse. And ended up having to be like, they had to raid the compound and, you know, big fight. Moon Knight was there at one point, like... It's a whole big thing. And I just don't see that having been the thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not I'm not familiar with it, so but I think my, maybe what he's talking about with Shadowland, I if I had to guess, is that episode six was when they were getting ready to open the door. You know? <clears throat> and he was try maybe he was speculating on what was behind that door. Which we were speculating, Kunlun. I, it looks like it was just a dragon skeleton, like just a dragon in a cave. Like some at some point in the history of this battle between the hand and the iron fist, somehow Shao Lao appeared or flew to or whatever under New York City. <laughs> I don't understand how that happened. You know, like uh, Walking Dead does this a lot, where like. They'll come upon a scene that they want to create, and it'll be like, we want to create a scene where there's a bunch of walkers reaching out of mud or whatever. Um, but they'll do it in such a way where, like, you, when you really look at the scene, you're like, how did that happen? Right. Like, I get the visual is cool, but how did this happen? I want to, like, be able to look at it and kind of tell that this was a possible thing that could have happened with the walkers or the zombies or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is that situation where, like... Okay, I get it. Shao Lao, the Undying, was somehow under New York at some distant time in history, and the the keepers of Kunlun covered it over with some sort of door that only the Iron Fist could open. But how? how? <laughs> Danny, how? Danny, when? Why? Danny flew it there. That's how. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on. <laughs> Danny just. Put it there. Oh, I, I was talking about Daenerys from uh, Oh Game of Thrones. Sorry, ah, that Danny, that right. Danny, Daenerys. Okay, uh, I forgot there was a Danny on this show. That's how easy it is. Wow, um, <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> save us. Uh, episode six, 
The daughter said, my dad used to just sit at the piano. He wouldn't play. He would just sit there. So it was not that out of nowhere, but they were moving the story on as fast as possible. Yeah, we we talked about uh, not how it was kind of a stretch that they like knew something was in the piano, or that he knew to play the piano. And we we heard that they were talking about the piano, and that they were talking about him not. Yeah, he doesn't it's play not the piano that we missed anymore. the the piano line. Like we knew where they were going with it. It just seemed kind of out of nowhere that Matt decided to play. Yeah, it did. Um. But I, but I, but I, I know a couple people wrote in about that. Like they thought we missed the whole conversation. We didn't. It just it still it still didn't seem like a logical leap to be like, I know what's up. Yeah, I'm gonna play the piano and find out at which note he left his notes. Like, well, it also it would have made more sense for Jessica to do it, or well, it would have made more sense, I guess, for Matt to say something's weird with the piano. It doesn't sound like every other piano I've been near. And then she just kind of like goes up and. You know, maybe like works some keys a little bit and just like, well, that sounded weird. I mean, it was kind of a cool scene. Like, it's nice to know that Daredevil plays a little piano. That was kind of cool. But it was out of nowhere. Like, they never, they, at no point have they ever been like, Daredevil can play piano. Yeah, but I mean, that, 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 can play piano. that is the only thing I like about the scene that it expands a little bit and gives someone more characterization. But it, it, it was weird. It was weird. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally with you that it was weird. It, it, it was weird that it, it, he thought that was somehow the solution. Um, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> uh, okay, we have a uh, voicemail up next. Hey, guys. Jordan here. Uh, new listener, probably a couple weeks now, but big fan of the show. Pretty much all I listen to now. Love, love the points you guys make. Always listen to the new things. Uh, about this last episode six, I kind of got stuck when you got uh, to the piano part. She listened to the daughter. She said that um, the dad always used to play music, but now he just sat there and he wouldn't play anymore. And that was a big cue to me. And I thought Jessica was going to pick up on it. I was surprised that they had Daredevil pick up on it. But I instantly picked up on, oh, hey, there's something in the uh, in the piano. So, I don't know, that was just me. But, again, love the show, guys. I'm a big listener. Can't wait for episode seven and eight to come out because I've already seen them. And I want to hear your points on them. All right? I'll call back again, probably. Thanks. Good, good on you, Jordan. To and have he's noticed never it. called back again. Uh, <laughs> good, no, for real. Good on him. Like he, if he did hear them talk about that, and was like, the piano is the secret. Because I just didn't get that. And Jordan, you need to come uh, join us in our next escape room that we do, uh, <laughs> because that is exactly the kind of logic you need to solve escape rooms. It's true. Yeah. See, if it had been in an escape room and someone mentions a piano, then you know to look in the piano. Yeah. But it, like. To know that's part of a mystery, I guess maybe for Jessica Jones, the whole world is an escape room. It's all part of the mystery. <laughs> You're just trying to piece it together. Um, <laughs> and now we can be PIs. Yeah. Because now we're treating the entire world as an escape room. Yeah. I don't know. Does everybody out there know what escape rooms are? I know they're like kind of a new thing. Like a couple years now, but... They've been like I, I popping up everywhere. People know what they are. If you don't, look up escape rooms and go to your local escape room. They're great. All right, so uh, let's see. Next up, Ashley on Twitter said to us, "Defenders episode seven. Uh, see, I thought that each city had a dragon that, or has a dragon that holds it up, and when they take it, the city crumbles. But when they get back to Kunlun, where the dragons are from, they would be immortal. Uh, but I didn't think that that was Shaolau the Undying, uh, because I didn't think they were in Kunlun." And isn't that where the dragon is from? Or where the dragon is? All of your questions are totally reasonable because they did not answer any of that. <laughs> um, Pretty much. <laughs> I, I don't... So, okay, she says, See, I thought that each city has a dragon that holds it up. Is that true? Is that part of the lore? I have no idea. Each city? I've like, never heard that. Okay. Yeah, may, may, maybe like New York was part of some mystical city previously or built on one that had a dragon, had its own dragon. But he does say when he goes down there that Shao, you, you desecrate Shao Lao, which makes me think that that dragon is Shao Lao, not just any dragon. Right. I don't know. It's not Drogon. <laughs> Stop with the Game of Thrones references. I can't. I just watched the finale. Let's talk about that, everybody. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I haven't watched any of this season. Uh, what is your problem? I don't have HBO now. Oh, you can borrow my password. Okay. It's uh, 
Oh wait, I pro- <laughs> probably shouldn't say it on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good catch, man. Good catch. <laughs> we almost had a leak. <laughs> I forgot we were on cast for a second. I was like, oh yeah, here it is. No, <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's see. Brian Keegan said to us on Facebook, "Slight defender spoilers." Hey guys, I finished the Defenders. Can anyone tell me what caused the earthquake at the end of the first episode? I feel like I'm missing that. Uh, they never really were very explicit about it, but it had to have been them trying to get through the door, right? That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking it was going to be. They have, they've been tunneling towards this door. They somehow found out there was a dragon down there, I guess. And they've been tunneling towards this door since Daredevil Season 2. Yeah. They reached the door... They built the building around it or whatever. Well, it seemed like in this season, like in this series, rather, uh, Madame Gao was saying that we ran into a problem and it's this door. Or it's they thought it was a wall. Right. She was like... It's, it's a wall. No, it's a door. It's a wall. And, oh my God, we can't get through this wall. Don't know how we're going to do this. So I'm assuming that explosives were tried to bust through that door and it right. failed. Right. And they said it was like, whatever, 50 yards deep or whatever. At some point, they 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 are five or fifty whatever. I don't know. You talking about the big hole? No, uh, the explosion. The source of the explosion. They oh, mentioned it. Uh, it was the, it was the not, epicenter was like three hundred feet deep. Yeah, three hundred feet. Okay, so that's that's what I'm guessing. It's like down this thing, and they tried to blow it up. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as deep as a earthquake, and so I'm assuming they were trying to blow up the door. That's uh, that is an assumption, but I think it's a pretty strong one. Maybe, maybe. Uh, let's see. Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, "Defenders episode eight. Guess they decided to stop teasing us about Misty's arm. That's alive. <laughs> what happened to Electra? Yeah, Misty's getting the cyborg arm. Yeah, she is. Oh, that's another thing. Um, in her in her room in her uh." In her hospital room, the doctors that like the attending physicians or whatever, like the attending doctors on her chart, right? Those doctors are the ones that made her into Misty Knight Bionic Arm Hero. Awesome! Like they're the ones that gave her that that Bionic Arm. I mean, it was Stark Tech, but they're the ones that put it on. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for so her to great. Get Bionic so so arm. great. Um, don't know what happened to Electra. We've talked no, about that. No, we don't. Um, she's, she's lost to the ether. Can't say that. That's one of the, the she's stones. She's not lost to one of the stones, no. Right. Uh, she's, but she's she, in the I, wind. I think she's, she's definitely coming back. She's, she's currying alive. on. You know, she's just currying on with life. Just, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, PayPay on Twitter said to us, at MCUcast, they fixed Iron Fist! He Aww. grew up. His last scene was one of the best of the shows. Matt's death obviously hits him hard. I do like the fact that he is uh, going to try to fight for the city. That is exciting. Yeah. I like that he said that New York is starting to feel a lot more like home. Me too. And Colleen was like, yay, you're going to stay. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Randy SF45 said, at MCU cast, just finished, definitely thinking Shadowland. That would explain production rush for other shows. You know, I'm not... I don't think so. I mean, there was the obvious shot from Born Again, and the call for Maggie, and I'm just not seeing him... I mean, maybe they could mix Shadowland into it and have that be, like, the second half, where, like... You know, he is driven to madness and then gets possessed by the beast, but then that's the hand again. And the hand is so tired at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I feel like the hand's tired, but they have definitely been... I mean, they, they just kind of defeated them, so I do feel like it's going to take a little bit regrouping or maybe, a little bit of time before we see them again. I don't know. Maybe he thinks, if I rebuild the hand myself, like, that that could be Shadowland. Like, he wants to start his own ninja organization to... To be like, maybe he turns into Tony Stark trying to put a shield around New York, but it's a shield of ninjas. That would be awesome. <laughs> I love the idea of a shield of ninjas, <laughs> ninja but like shield. a physical shield. Like, uh, they, they're kind of like the ships in Guardians of the Galaxy One when they all line up together, except they're ninjas. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Interlock and form a blockade of ninjas. Of ninjas. They just link their arms together. 
But now that's reminding me of the Rick and Morty, where there's like a million Mortys being tortured to cause a mental shield. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, it's so good. Actually, and Coffin said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, LOL, Coon Loon, where is that? <laughs> I think she's just making fun of the way we said Kunlun before. Well, there is a mountain range in China called the Kunlun Mountains. Kunlun. That's how they pronounce it. It's Kunlun. And that's where the city Kunlun was based in the comics. So it makes sense to call it that. Also... Are you sure? Yes. I'm absolutely positive. Are you sure about that pronunciation? Yes. All right. Google it. Google it right now on the cast and play it. I mean... Just Google pronounce... I don't know how to... K-U-N-L-U-N. I don't know how to spell that stuff. All one word. Pronounce Kunlun. Here we go. It's a long video, apparently. Kunlun, China. Kunlun, China. Kunlun, China. Yeah, I didn't expect it to say China at the end. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's pronounced Kunlun, China? Yeah, it's a mountain range. I'm just, in, I'm just in teasing. China. I was just My pretending that was part of the pronunciation of Kunlun. I'm getting a little punch drunk here, okay? Okay. <laughs> we got a couple more feedbacks here. Ever Robert said to us on Twitter at MCUcast on my watch, I also had trouble remembering Moonbear Guy's name. Uh, would using Nobu from Daredevil Season 1 have been better? Yeah, we talked about this, uh, not on the cast, but me and Jeff were talking about this. Is it. It probably would have been better in that it would have been nice to have, you know, Madam Gal from Daredevil and uh, Bakudo from Iron Fist and having. Um, Nobu also from Daredevil. Um, it would have been nice to have that sort of tied in, and it would have been even even cooler if like the so Sawande had somehow made an appearance on uh, Luke Cage. You know, like yeah. really tie all these them together. They've all been the hand the whole time or whatever. But uh, you know, I, I didn't mind Moonbear guy. I just don't know his name. I I think the only problem is they didn't say his name enough. They said it like twice, maybe. Yeah. And then they just, I, just, I don't know. I just, especially, it's uh, sorry, but with foreign names, I need a few, I need a few hearings before it like <laughs> sticks, you know? <laughs> I need everybody to address him by name all the time. Just a couple of times, a couple more times. A couple times per episode. <laughs> For a couple, like, yeah. Like, if you get him three times in one episode, like, it'll probably lock in. But if you <laughs> say it like one time, one episode, then like, wait a few episodes and say it again, I just, I'm not going to remember that like, name. I don't care who he is. He's a bad guy. It also depends if I was staring at the screen or not and caught the subtitles and like, then I'll probably like sit there and practice the name. What is the name? Murakami. Murakami. All right. Yep. We got it. <laughs> uh, the Joker, Jeffrey, on Twitter said to us, at MCUcast, when do you think Iron Fist will learn to glow both his hands? I hope soon. Hey, man. Both of you guys, just slow down, Okay. He just now grew up. He just now learned to hold the fist more than one punch. <laughs> he just learned to hold it. Actually, if you look, if you go back and look, because I rewatched the uh, the punch that he got in on Luke. When Luke is getting up, Danny's hand is still glowing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times it glows for a second after. It's just well, no, like he was holding it, and it only went away when the the cops showed up. He was like, "Oh, interesting." Put this away, and then runs. Maybe he's worked on it since his se- since season one. He's been practicing. Yeah, he should be. <laughs> and he also should be protecting Kunlun. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't always do what he should. Well, maybe he shouldn't have taken an oath so that he would still be protecting Kunlun because he didn't take an oath to always get better at the fist. <laughs> yeah, he's real good at doing things when he doesn't have an oath to them. Yeah. Uh, sorry. We got one last feedback, and it is a long one. All right. Uh, Daniel Plum. Here we go. <laughs> he says, warning, this is kind of long, so don't feel like you have to read the whole thing on the podcast. You can summarize if you want. Oh. I'm reading it. We're reading it. We're just doing it. I thought the show was great, even if the elements of the hand story were confusing and seemed inconsistent at first glance. Someone wrote a pretty good fan explanation, though. Sorry, also pretty long. Reddit thread. Uh, I also noticed, or anyways, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of reference to the wider MCU in Defenders, but I did notice what seemed to be a few homages to the first Avengers film. 
In episode eight, we get that sweet single shot of the four of them fighting, panning around the room. Uh, this feels like that money shot in, in the Avengers where they go back to back while fighting. Also, when Luke Cage says to Danny to light it up, it felt like when Cap says to Hulk, smash. Yeah. Uh, this next one's a stretch, but Danny also says at one point, I'm all out of calm. And this reminded me of Banner saying, I'm always angry. So this would sort of make Iron Fist the Hulk equivalent. Not really, but you know what I mean. I gotta see that. Uh, I mean, especially, you know, he has to just get his chi up, but he's like a one-use Hulk. <laughs> it's, it's like a disposable Hulk. <laughs> like a Hulk tissue box? Yeah. And you just take one just out when you need it? Take a little Danny out and, like, throw it away. <laughs> The, the disposable iron fist. <laughs> no, he's the immortal iron fist. The disposable iron the fist. Disposable. I'm sticking with it. Okay. No, it's perfect. It makes total sense. Uh, uh, <laughs> trying to move on so bad. And I can't. Okay. All right. So, really, honestly, everybody has a. An homage to Avengers. An analog. An analog, yes. Uh, So you've got, like, the mixture of um, Black Widow's fighting skill and, like, Hawkeye's fighting skill, and there's Daredevil. Um, He's he's got the quippiness of Hawkeye, because, you know, Hawkeye's kind of quippy. Right. Once you finally get to know him later. (laughs) Uh, But the the badass chick and the the sassiness of um, Black Widow is obvious Jessica Jones. I actually don't think of Daredevil as quippy. He's barely quippy. He is, to me, he's the most sincere of them. Really? Yeah. He, I don't know. He's never, he's never really making jokes. He's funny not trying to be funny because he's kind of weird. Like his whole, you, like, smelling... You think his sense of humor is more Captain America? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even call it a sense of humor. It's just that, like, he's funny not trying to be. Yeah. That's not Cap's sense of humor. Cap just doesn't know about pop culture, and that makes him funny, you know? Like, And uh, he's the same way. He's funny because he's blind. Yes. That sounded wrong. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> they make a lot of fun... I would have bullied him in school. They make, they make a lot of really fun, like, blind things, where it's like, that pork... The pork dumplings or whatever. Oh, yeah. That, like, no, this, Chinese, those that's are shrimp. so funny. This guy's got pork. This guy's got pork. That is gold funny. Like, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> be, being able to use your nose and, like, being able to listen through walls, just all those little things that he can do. Um, and using those in social situations as opposed to fighting yeah. makes it hilarious. I don't know. I love that. Um, but anyway, I find him very sincere. I don't find him very quippy. Uh, at least not when he's daredevil. Um, he's funny with foggy, but that's just him hanging out with a friend. Um, <laughs> and I also want, speaking of his sincerity, uh, I loved when he's like, I'm glad we, I'm glad we all found each other. I'm not hugging you. <laughs> I'm not hugging you. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just real good um, that he's just sincere. Uh, Luke, <laughs> Luke's too like tough to act that way. He's too like you know tough to get down with that sincerity on that level with another man at that moment. <laughs> and then like Jessica's just too has to be too ironic to let that happen. So it's just real funny for him to be so sincere. And I think it fits his character well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Back to Daniel Plum Daniel continues Plum. saying, also, if you're wondering where Spider-Man was, consider that Peter hasn't really been operating in Manhattan yet, which is where the Midland Circle building was, I believe. Also consider the following. There's obviously no direct mention of Spider-Man and Defenders, despite him also being in New York City. Now, uh, it's estimated that Defenders happens in fall of 2016, so this would probably be shortly after Spider-Man Homecoming, so he would definitely be around. It's actually, it's not, because uh, it was eight years later that um, Spider-Man Homecoming was happening. So this is technically after before. Yes, this is before Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming, if we go by that measure of things. Yeah, it's it all depends on the Avengers happening in 2012. Right. So... I'll continue reading. <laughs> uh, now that I know, uh, no, I know that the Netflix shows feel way less connected as of late, but there are actually two references to Spidey. They Ooh. both happen in the last episode, number eight. Uh, during a fight scene, Protect Your Neck by Wu-Tang Clan plays in the background. 
Spider-Man is mentioned in this song. Now, the problem is that this wouldn't really make sense in-universe for this song to have those lyrics. The song came out in 1992. Maybe you could say that Wu-Tang Clan had a, a revival in 2016 and actually released that song uh, <laughs> last year, but that's a stretch. However, the characters don't hear the song, it's just soundtrack, so this might not be an issue. Either way, the reference is there. Yeah, I would say that one's just that soundtrack. It doesn't count. Yeah, but it is it is fun that it's that he's happens to be mentioned. Yeah, uh, the second reference is in Misty's hospital room after she loses her arm. Behind Colleen on the wall uh, is her patient care whiteboard. One of the doctors listed on there is Doctor E. Wortham, who uh, happens to become the Spidey villain Cardiac in the comics. Hmm. This seems to hint at Peter Parker's existence. It's nice to have the small, subtle connection because the TV side has been feeling less connected lately. It's just too bad that we will likely never see Spider-Man team up with the Defenders, at least on Netflix anyway. Fingers crossed for the movies in five to ten years, but I'm not going to bet on that happening either. Okay, that's it, guys. Thanks for an awesome podcast. As always, I may be joining your Patreon soon. I'm strongly considering it. Oh, thanks, Daniel. I want to go ahead and say, Daniel, you should totally do that. <laughs> not to try to influence you in any way i want yeah. to talk you into something that we, you don't want to do we appreciate that but you uh, should probably do it we appreciate it we appreciate the feedback and the consideration of our patreon which we've been inundated with a lot of patrons just every week we get at least one or two more and it has been we've been super thankful um for all of that and just i can't say thank you enough i really can't um so Thanks, thanks thank everybody. You. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's really, really great. Uh, we had we had a we had a new four dollar patron this week, Jordan Pierce. Oh yeah, Jordan. And uh, thank you, Jordan. Sorry really. we couldn't get the episode out exactly when you demanded that we drop it. <laughs> uh, we hadn't recorded it yet. Well, he he said post it, please. He was he was nice about it. Yeah, that was we, a very uh, we, demanding please. <laughs> it is capital please. It is a capital please. It's all caps, so it's uh, but he's no, screaming we are, at me. We are, we dropped it yesterday, and we will. And, and we, we did get to finish. Unfortunately, I, I went out of town, and the one day I could do before I left town, you could not do. So yeah. we, we, we just didn't get to make it to episode eight, unfortunately. We were so close to actually getting them out one a day, yeah. even though apparently, uh, which I, I think is enough, some of the feedback we'll be covering tomorrow for the news and feedback episode, I did not get episode two of Defenders out on time because <laughs> of a mix-up with our posting. It was recorded, it was posted on Blog Talk, and it made it to some of the services, but didn't make it every everywhere so yeah that's my fault i just uh i whiffed it yeah dang gotta get it gotta get our gotta get our publishing game better yeah keep your eye on the ball matt i'm sorry just you know my album is almost done and i'll have so much more time when this album is done. well <laughs> i say that and then i'll be promoting the album but yeah. like yeah. the work of the album I'm so excited. I know we're we're done. We're pretty much done with this cast. I'm just good. So I'm going to talk about my music career for a second. I've been working on this album for ever, pretty much. But like the last ten months, I've mm-hmm. just been hardcore working on this album, and uh, I'm I'm very close. We finished all the drums, guitars, basses, and keyboards, and all I've got left is like vocals and strings and horns to add, and like got a few more days in the studio and it'll be actually done and i'm so freaking excited um so i'll 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 be sharing all that as it gets closer but if you want to know now and you want to hear some of the demos that i did go to matthewcarrollmusic.com i haven't mentioned that in a while so matthewcarrollmusic.com probably as the as the album gets closer i'll probably start mentioning that like every week because i really want everybody to at least check it out it might be your thing it's kind of 90s inspired sort of uh, uh, sort of pop rock. I'm I'm a big Weezer fan, Ben Folds fan, stuff like that. So it's it's influenced by that kind of music. Yeah. Um. So check that out. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, thank you everybody. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, hit us up at mcucast.com, uh, facebook.com/slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com. Or, or uh, call us at 573-CAST-MCU to leave a voicemail uh, to be played on the show. If you'd like to support the show, uh, like Jordan Pierce did this week, thank you so much, Jordan, um, that that you can find that at patreon.com slash mcucast, and there's some, some cool uh, rewards and stuff for joining the Patreon. Also, um, Mr. Greg, is that 89? Oh yeah, Mr. Greg eighty nine was this week as well, right? Thank you, Mr. Greg. I think it was. I thought it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, thank you uh, for your pledge as well. Um, 
every everybody who pledges we haven't mentioned every single one i just jordan jordan did four dollars a week which i think is a lot of money and i really appreciate it <laughs> um really really it's super sweet um it's so nice to like, every, every every little bit though is is a huge a huge amount and i appreciate everybody so nice to just start at the top he's yeah, gonna work crazy. his way down though <laughs> what um yeah i don't know what i'm saying uh we'll uh anyway we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with some news and feedback uh so thank you so much for listening to the mcu cast this week until next time true believers (laughs) 